Welcome into the WCIA 3-in-1 pod. Brett Barron's here along with Andy Olson in studio. We're on opposite ends of the building talking about Illinois' 86-70 win over Nebraska on senior night. And without Io DeSumo, we'll break down his injury, what we took away from Brad Underwood's postgame press conference. Andy, you were at the game, though. What was it like to see him uh, kiss the court, <laughs> be introduced? I didn't think they would introduce him tonight because he's only a junior on senior night. I, I figured they would give the focus to Trent Frazier, DeMonte Williams, and Zach Griffith, Fisher's finest, but a fitting moment in his last game at State Farm Center. Yeah, I think everyone knew coming into this, I don't know about season, but definitely this game, we knew at some point this season that Io would be gone and, and move on to the next part of the stretch. Uh, that was certainly when Brad yesterday told reporters about uh, the fact that he thought that Io had done everything that he could already do in college. And then we go into today, the, the tradition is usually meant for four seniors. You don't usually see those kinds of guys that uh, leave early to go to, go to the draft. Really, I imagine that this was kind of a team right when Io was honored as well. And then if you didn't think that Io was going, this is, should be the final thing that you need to prove it to yourself that he's moving on after this season. In fact, everyone has been calling uh, it would have been his last game at the State Farm Center. Io had called it that himself. But, you know, I'm, it was really cool for him to be included with those guys. I mean, Trent Frazier and Monte Williams, uh, he's clearly two leaders, Io as well. Uh, the fact that they uh, had that presentation with them. He didn't come in with those guys, but uh, he may be going out with them before they decide what they do with their future as well. Um, it was definitely a cool moment. The team was really excited to see Io get out there. Brad Underwood talked about how he wished that there were 15,000 people in the stands to experience that um, with the team and with Io. Um, it wasn't meant to be. It didn't happen, of course. There have no fans in the State Center all season. Uh, but definitely a cool moment nonetheless, especially with the uh, family and friends of players recording these video messages that went out before the game. Uh, we heard from Trent Frazier afterwards. I imagine that was the same for, for all four guys, five guys, including the members that were on the show. Yeah, and like he mentioned, you know, it, that place is usually electric on senior night, and Brad said it was, you know, regrettable that there weren't the fans there. What was it like, though, to see the family members on the video board and, and the, more importantly, the reactions from the players and the managers, you know, at, at I.O. there, seeing those messages on the big board? Well, it's incredibly touching, you know, because usually that's a moment that is meant for those families so they get to walk out together. And, you know, yeah. they think that that's, you know, one of the things that you play for. I mean, one of the things that you expect at the end of your career, really, to, to have that type of have that taken away is just again one of the unfair things about the pandemic. There's unfortunately nothing that we can do about it, nothing that the players can do about it. It's a situation that they found themselves in. So to be able to find uh, a common ground or a solution, kind of uh, middle ground in this, to have the families still represented and still included in this process. I know it was such a grief one of those guys. It's really cool to see you know, all of the media members um, you know, got the block of books. They were up on the video board. Uh, for everyone in that happened to be there to see. Uh, so a really touching moment, really cool for these guys on senior night. In fact, that in uh, a season as unique as this, uh, they required a unique group I think they, they hit it right in the head did exactly what they had done. And uh, clearly just hearing Trent in the postgame talk about it, it meant a lot. 
Yeah, and really cool, the storylines that go along with this, right? Obviously, we've touched on Io. He's going to leave the program. You could read into that and cryptic here. Kofi not recognized. Now, he's only a sophomore. He's, he's not the accolades that Io has, so to speak. Not quite the face of the program with Io there in that, but maybe he's coming back. I don't know. We're not here to discuss whether Kofi Coburn's coming back or not. But there's people out there and chatter that, okay, well, he wasn't on or maybe he is coming back. We can read into that. Let's focus on Trent Frazier, though. He's the first guy in his family to get a college degree, which is awesome. I love DeMonte Williams fulfilling, you know, his role as being Frank's son for the first couple of years of his career. And now he's shooting 50-plus percent from three and a, a huge impact on the team the last couple of years, both defensively, both years, and then now offensively this year and the spark that he's provided. You know, and then Zach Griffith, the small-town kid who comes in, former manager, you know, always dreamed of playing for Illinois, becomes a walk-on on the team. He was hurt earlier this year. Now he's healthy. He comes in. You know, he gets the start tonight. I can't even imagine what that would be like for him. And, you know, putting, trying to put myself in that situation and scenario. And, and anyone can, you know, feel good about that story. So a lot of storylines that are really good and positive coming out of this tonight. And then, of course, they get the win. And the biggest takeaway out of everything tonight, though, is Io DeSumo. Because he goes down Tuesday, uh, Matty Sissoko absolutely crushes him on the court. It's called a flagrant two foul. Sissoko's kicked out of the game, and that's that's it. Now, getting kicked out of the game is certainly a, a punishment that was deserved. I felt like in that sense, and by the rule, uh, that was deserved. Brad talked after the game about if he's heard from Michigan State or Tom Izzo, and he said he has, and he didn't want to discuss any further details on that, and those are private conversations, and that's fine. But, you know, he, he didn't want to get into the aftermath and, and what he should have thought happened after that. It is interesting, Andy, though, that Alan Griffin was suspended a couple of games last year for uh, a flagrant two foul and a little different circumstance in that Allen's was more intentional, I thought, in that sense, and that's a judgment thing, I understand. But uh, I, I felt like there's a little bit different from last year with Alan Griffin getting the flagrant two at Purdue and then subsequently getting suspended. Um, but with Io not able to play today, it brings up big questions about this team going forward and their capability to make a run. More importantly, Io's injury, though, and I want to play this and then talk about it here, Andy. This was Brad after the game and, and didn't really give a lot of clear answers. Didn't even say it was a broken nose, and it was described as a facial injury on the release today in Illinois coming out before the game and announcing that he would not play. And, and usually that doesn't happen. Usually uh, there's no official word before a game. Why would you want to tip your opponent that your best player is not going to be out there? But Ward had surfaced earlier this morning that, that he was not going to be able to play. And so here's Brad talking about Io's injury and, and moving forward. There's obviously um, more issues than than um, uh, that happened from the from the from the incident, um, and and we'll leave all that to the doctors. We're not going to do anything to jeopardize that young man's career. Uh, he's the national player of the year. Um, you know he didn't get to play his last game tonight um, in in State Farm Center. Uh, that uh, that I'm really sad for. Um, you know, his jersey should hang in these rafters someday. And, um, you know, uh, so, you know, we'll do everything we can to, um, 
to expedite that process, but we will never jeopardize his health and well-being. And and uh, you know, there's some there's some there's some other issues that uh, have to be dealt with that we'll we'll continue to stay, keep private. So after hearing that, Andy Olson, I'm not leaving uh, thinking a bunch of positive thoughts as you are going absolutely jambled, scrambled right now. <laughs> there we go. Hey, technology is fun. I, I don't leave that comment and those comments feeling great about Io's injury here moving forward. What's your first reaction after you heard Brad Underwood say that a little more than an hour ago on his postgame press conference? Well, things got strange on my end, too, so hopefully you can still hear okay. me. Okay. Right uh, but you hear that cryptic response, and your mind just wanders about what is he mean, you know, underlying issue. And it's great to hear him talk about that. They don't want to put IO's career in, in jeopardy. Um, but you also wonder, you know, what could be put in jeopardy with, with an injury like this? And like you said, Brett, there have been reports of broken nose, but all Illinois confirmed is facial injury. So that's all we can go off of. We know that something was injured on his face, but. We don't, we can't read into those comments too much. Like Brad said, he wants to keep that, those things between Io and his doctor. Absolutely fine. It's completely understandable. It's what you should be doing. Uh, but it just leads you to wonder, you know, when Io could be back, what it'll look like when he's back. Remember, he stayed in the game against Michigan State after being hit by Sissoko. This, uh, a couple of free throws immediately after. Um, I don't have the stats in front of me right now. Whether or not he may have had a post after that, but really it affected him in that. Um, yeah, he went one for four, Andy. Sorry to cut you off. I did it earlier, the math. One for four on free throws, two for six from the field after that technical foul. Yeah, so clearly it, it had affected him in some yeah. way. So we'll have to see what comes of this. Illinois hopes that he's going to be back sooner rather than later because they have Wisconsin, Michigan, and Ohio State plus both tournaments at the end of the season. You can't imagine that Io's going to go out without playing the game. I think we know that he's going to be back at some time. I think it's inconceivable that he would be out for the year. That's not even on my mind. Like, he's going to be back at some point. It's a matter of when is that going to be, and we really have no solid answers to that right now. It's a cryptic message for Brad Underwood. Yeah, and I saw a bunch of reaction on Twitter. I, I don't think the response is necessarily positive to what Brad Underwood said on that. And we you hit it right on the head. We need to take note that it was only labeled a facial injury. If it was a broken nose, I have little doubt they would have said that it was a broken nose, but it, that's not the case here. And so I think there's more to it. And, and Brad confirmed that, saying that there's more to it. And so the unknowns of when Io Desumu returns are here once again. And we had this last year as well. Remember, Io gets hurt against Michigan State. The team goes out east to play at Rutgers. Io doesn't play. They lose to the Scarlet Knights and then head to Penn State there. I didn't expect Io to be back last year for Penn State. And there he comes running on the court before the game, has a huge game, goes out and wins it for the Illini, adding another chapter to his legacy. And so I'm not doubting Io Desumu. That much I've learned throughout covering him in the last three years, that he's one tough dude. And is he going to play Saturday? I don't know. Is he going to play Tuesday? I'm not sure. I would hope that he could make it back by the Big Ten tournament. And we're a month away here, Andy, essentially from the NCAA tournament. I feel really good about him being back. The question marks now, 
are how does this team handle it moving forward against a team better than Nebraska. And that's what Illinois is going to have in the last three games of the year at Wisconsin, at Michigan, and at Ohio State. Michigan wins tonight against Iowa. And Ohio State loses tonight at Michigan State. And how about the other score that while we're talking scores here, Andy, shocked me tonight. Minnesota doesn't have Liam Robbins, but they lose at home to Northwestern as uh, the Wildcats snap a 13-game losing streak in the Big Ten. But Illinois, I thought, looked really, really good without Io DeSumo. I love the lead line of your story tonight. You can watch it on WCIA.com right now. No Io, no problem. And... I want to see it against a, a better opponent here, but when Kofi puts up 24 points, doesn't get a double-double, only has seven boards. You got Adam Miller scoring 16 points in the first half, ends up with 18, and so we can you know, kind of nitpick that second half for Adam Miller, but you get a triple-double watch from Andre Curbelo with 10 points, 10 rebounds, or uh, 12 rebounds, rather, and he's, he ended up at that eight-assist line for the game. I thought this was a little flash into what this team could be next year. Yeah, and you know what? <laughs> he had the chance to get those 10 rebounds. I, I was looking at it since pretty early in the game. When he got to 5-5-5, five, five, and five, I was starting to count uh, some of those assists. And his teammates could have made a couple of shots. They were tough shots, but uh, just a couple more makes, and we could have had the third triple-double in six games for Illinois. That's more than they've had in history. So really good game from Andre Carbello, And like you mentioned, Brett, my story, um, the thing that really caught me the most about the game, I know it was senior night, but the way that the freshmen were playing, you talked about, we talked a lot about Adam Miller's second half, and you can nitpick that, like you said, his first half, 16 points, get to the rim, which is when we talked to him a couple of weeks ago. That is what coaches had told him what he needs to get better at, which is getting to the rim. We've had seen him become this uh, almost a three point specialist, and, and then now in this game, we see him dunking a couple of times in the first half. We see him and Trebello, you know, uh, getting together a lot. I mean, Trebello found him a ton of times in the ball inside. And you have to hope like he's able to play in that second half after he got that tech. He kind of turned it on a little bit. Uh, the way that our friend Jeremy Warner had put it uh, was that they had a uh, after that little scuffle that I don't want to call it a scuffle. No punches were thrown or anything like that. There was some sign uh, between him and the Nebraska. Team. Uh, after that, he just went on a rampage and was using the rim. Uh, so you're right. This could be a team that we see next year. Of course, it remains to be seen whether or not the open returns. The uh, conspiracy theorists may think that he, he will because of he didn't get honored tonight, like Brett already mentioned. If he does, this team has the potential to be really, really good again. People have been, for his entire career, Adam Miller has been compared to Ayodis Sumo earlier in his now we see what Ohio's done. I'm sure fans take that in a heartbeat, you know, knowing uh, what he's been able to do so far. And Cabello is just so so good with the basketball. I mean, this team has a lot of potential even next year. I mean, it's top 25 team. Can I say it's a national championship contender team? I don't think you can say that about any team in, in 2022. Uh, but this team will be really good, I think, again, next year. And uh, it was proven. You mentioned Adam Miller shooting and becoming a three-point specialist, two for eight from behind the line tonight. Uh, so that means he goes, what, math is not my specialty, but he goes six for seven. Um, yeah. Wow, that's a pretty good stat line there from two point. And, and getting to the rim, to see the elevation, we haven't seen him dunk a lot. You know, I, that was impressive to me. And the things I think we've been talking about for a couple of weeks now 
of the threes aren't always going to fall. You've got to have multi-facets to your game and, and getting to the rim and being aggressive downhill. Things that we see Io do all the time that maybe it's unfair too for Adam because, you know, Io does his thing, right? He has his place. We know what he's going to bring. I feel like Adam is playing second fiddle to that a little bit. And that's why I was texting with a few people before the game and, and just talking about it. I thought we could learn more tonight about this team than we've been able to learn for the last couple of weeks and, and maybe even month because we know what this team is capable of. We saw that at Minnesota. We know what this team is capable of on the other end in terms of playing down to competition. I think we've seen that multiple times as well. I think of the Northwestern game in Evanston, the first half there when they get blown out at Penn State when they were down 18-4 to early or whatever it was in that game. We've seen them play down to competition. I wanted to see how they played without their all-American leader tonight. And I felt overall they, they really rose to the occasion. Yeah, they passed the test. Io DeSumo, uh, if we're wondering how many points he's worth to Illinois, Vegas thinks it's about four, four and a half. I think he's worth more than that in the, in the eyes of fans because we know how much he can impact a game. Uh, but without him tonight, you, like you said, this was a test. They aced it because they went out and not only beat Nebraska, but they beat them pretty handedly. I don't think that past the first couple of minutes of the game that Nebraska was ever really in threatening territory. I know they got it to within 10 in the second half at one point, but even at that point, you felt that Illinois had a grasp on the game. Andre Corbello, the way that he was playing at that point, Kofi, the way that he was able to get inside, it just felt like they were, were going to pull away with things in the end. And, you know, it ended up happening that way. So the team is in a good spot. Um, Io is going to rejoin this team now. And this was brought up to Brad. And I want to know your opinion too, Brett. You know, this could be something, could have been one of the best things to happen to Illinois all year because they finally had a game where they couldn't rely on Io DeSumo to come out and be himself and save the game. They had to go do it themselves. So I want to know, in your opinion, do you think that this is going to have a positive impact on Illinois the rest of this season when Io rejoins the lineup? Yeah, I think it really can because they can go back and pinpoint this moment if Io gets in foul trouble or if he gets hurt again, if Kofi gets in foul trouble. If this team doesn't have its two best players, can they still find a way to win? That was a big question that at least I've had remaining this season. And to go do it, and once again, we got to put this in context and perspective. It's a Nebraska team that only has one win in Big Ten play, okay? It's not like they're going out and doing this against the Michigan State. I think that's a different level of competition. And that's where I want to see it here in the next three games to close out the year. Can they end on some positive momentum because they're not going to be playing at home? They're going to be playing a really, really tough stretch here against three-ranked teams to end the year. And so how do they go out and respond in the adversity? And that's where the leadership from Trent – I think it's really, really going to be big. That's where Adam Miller has to make shots. He has to be able to be a, a positive contributor tonight. He's uh, plus 26 on the plus minus tonight. That's incredible what Adam Miller was able to do. That, that leads all, everyone in the game tonight. That's a positive impact, Adam Miller, that you know this team really, I think, takes it to another level. Yes, he's been in the starting lineup every game, and, he, and he's been pretty good defensively, but now it's the... Uh, what do we got here? 10th double-digit scoring effort this season. I mean, that's, that's some positive momentum. And the highest scoring game for him, I believe, since uh, the second game of the year. Maybe it might have even been that first game of the year when he put up 25-plus. And so, yes, I think this is another step. I think we learned something new about this team tonight, that even when facing some adversity, and they, they didn't really get that close. I think it was down to nine a couple of times there in the second half, Andy. 
but you felt like Illinois was in control and was still mm -hmm. going to be able to and, and be the better team and, and go out and finish and close. And I, I thought that was a really positive sign to see tonight. All right, Andy, uh, final thoughts here as we wrap up our time as Illinois. Man, if, if I, I try and keep this in perspective, too. Perspective is a big word with me, but, you know, we're sitting here and it's uh, what? The days have run together now. It's, it's February 25th. <laughs> All right, the team has three regular season games left. They're going to get all 20 in at this point in the Big Ten. And Brad had chatted just briefly about how they're a poster child in a sense of following the COVID rules and, and none of the postponements have been their fault or cancellations. Remember, we had that one UT Martin game earlier this year that was canceled and they never made it up. But Illinois is taking care of its business. And I, I give tremendous compliments to them for being able to do that. It, it's been a huge sacrifice for these players, coaches, everyone involved but if we would have sat here three months ago and said Illinois is going to be 17 and 6 and 13 and 4 in the Big Ten on February 25th I think most Illini fans would have raised their hand and said I'm, I'm in for that I'm, yeah, I'm buying into that I, I totally agree with you I think coming into this season we knew that the Big Ten was going to be really good so if you think about with three games left in the regular season only having four Big Ten losses. That's a really good place to be because we knew yeah. that everyone was going to pick up losses during the regular season. Michigan probably would have picked up more if they didn't have two weeks off and, you know, they're only playing so many games. But um, I, I think it's important to also note that not everything is roses right now. They did just have a, a stinker against Michigan State. They've had a couple of games where they didn't look their greatest. But having these types of games today where you don't have your best player, or having that game against Michigan State, like I already mentioned, where you guys weren't, or where they weren't performing to their best. I think those are the types of games that you need to have and to get out of the way at that point of the season. That doesn't mean that it can't happen later, but to give yourself the best chance to make a run, to, to win a Big Ten tournament title, is to go through those types of moments and learn from it. Because um, how, how often do we see college basketball teams going undefeated and winning the national championship it's like a, a one and i don't even know the last time that it happened i think it's happened recently but i don't remember the last time before that it's not common so you're gonna have those types of games and it's important how you respond to that tonight's game was a really important response the important thing now moving forward is seeing that continue to happen and to see those games continue to roll together to be honest, there's not too many situations left that I want to see the Alana in to prove themselves or to learn from. Uh, playing without Io, I think, was a big one that a lot of people, like you mentioned, Brett, were worried about all season. So to see them pass this test, I think, was one of the last important ones. Now they just need to kind of keep that momentum rolling. Chief Meteorologist Kevin Lighty would be very disappointed in you, Andy. Why is that? <laughs> last undefeated season, 1976, Indiana. Ah, yeah, he would be. That's right. The Hoosier. He, he's a he's a big Hoosier, but you know that that's okay. Yeah, I, I I agree with you in that sense that they've passed a lot of these tests. Can they secure that top four seed in, in double by territory? I think they need as long as they don't lose their final three games. I, I think they're going to get that double by. They're thirteen and four right now. The there's three teams with six losses: Ohio State, Iowa, and Purdue are all three, four, five in the standings behind Illinois right now, and they all have six losses. And so I think Illinois should be in a really good position here. If they can just win one, they can win two. They're a lock for that double buy in the Big Ten tournament. Obviously, if they win all three and get some help, 
you know, you, you might have a chance still outside, outside small chance if, if Michigan really stubs its toe here. I don't see that happening as they beat Iowa tonight uh, at home. But when you look at the league right now, I don't, Andy, I don't think Michigan State's a bad loss. They've won three, three games in a row. They're seven and nine in the league, tied with Indiana. Uh, Maryland is eight and nine. Rutgers is nine and nine. And you've got Wisconsin at 10 and seven. I think if the NCAA tournament is played today, I think the Big Ten gets nine teams in. And Indiana is going to be on that first four line, whether they're in or out, it's going to be really close. But I think Michigan State's probably in at this point or right on the bubble. You've got Maryland, Rutgers, Wisconsin, <laughs> Purdue, Iowa, Ohio State, Illinois, and Michigan. I think that's it. And, you know, I'm looking forward to this last week and seeing how it plays out. Yeah, I think Maryland, as I read, has gone up to a quad two loss. Uh, so if you follow the, yeah. the, is that net or is that Ken Palm, uh, Brett? Uh, that's net. Yeah, that's net. So quad two loss is uh, the, the second best loss you can have. Uh, that's not bad. Michigan State has really made a case for themselves late on. I think I kind of felt like this might happen with some of those blue bloods, uh, the ones that are really, um, you know, focused on having those young kids come in and play when they have more games to play, they're going to start perform better. And that's what we've seen in the Michigan state back-to-back wins against Illinois and Ohio state top five wins for them. So I think that has kind of solidified their case. Um, and you're right. I think it's uh, out of all their losses. I don't think it's the worst one. Uh, I think far from it. So we'll see at Wisconsin Saturday at one at Michigan, Tuesday at 6, and then at Ohio State. Don't think we have a game time for that one yet next Saturday. It's going to be a fun final week and a half here, final three games for the Illini. They will close out four games in eight days in a stretch here that really has been nuts for the players, coaches. (laughs) For us covering it, it's not about us. Uh, It is about Kelly Pfeiffer, though, apparently, the ref who blew five technical foul whistles. For I mean – my gosh, what are we doing here with these officials? Brad Brad was giving it to him. I, I, I wish that the fans could have been there, Brett, to to hear the, I don't want to call it the meltdown, but just the, the absolute tirade he was going on. I, I tweeted some of them. Not all of uh, the things that, the quotes that I tweeted tonight <laughs> are safe for work, so be warned NSFW. before you check out the Twitter. Uh, yeah. But uh, there, there's some good ones out there if you, if you want to hear what Brad was saying during the game. I mean, apparently it's the refs game, and we're all just there to watch them. <laughs> just absolutely brutal. Ref I mean, show. my goodness, that's another topic for another day. Usually, I'm I'm not the ones who are. We don't have enough know, time, Brett, to talk about uh, to talk about that. I'm not the one who's usually going to blame the refs. You know, like there's so many reasons that Illinois lost at Michigan State on Tuesday that had nothing to do with the refs. But some of these calls, it's just like, what is going on? It's just bad for the game. It makes the ball bad. And, like, I don't want to see that. You know? Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, five texts is a lot. You don't I, – I hope that refs aren't going into the game thinking, I'm going to need at least five technicals tonight. Oh, my so. God. That's got to be some kind of record. Just absolutely brutal. It was brutal. brutal. All right, here we are, Andy. 86-70, Illinois beats Nebraska. We'll do it again on Saturday. For Andy, I'm Brett. Thanks so much for watching and listening to the WCIA 3-in-1 podcast.